I was a forerunner for an under 16s race. All these kids from all over Switzerland are there. And there's me, you know, the big kid. <laughs> and that was the race where I crashed on my second gate in front of all these kids. And as a forerunner, by the way, you're allowed to get up and continue. If you crash out when you're actually competing, that's it, you're out. I lost a ski too. So, you know, imagine you're having to collect the ski or whatever. So I could have just sat there and sulked or whatever. I just picked up and I said, just finish it, you know, just finish it. Whatever it takes, just do it. This is The Metal Set. Hi, this is Dawn, an ultra cyclist and sports PR specialist. And I'm Afshan, an endurance athlete and journalist. And we're on a quest to bring you stories of tenacity, courage, and metal. From athletes in the Middle East and beyond. No matter at what age you enter a sport, your attitude is what cements your success. Today's guest and the first woman to join the Saudi Arabian Alpine skiing team, Sharifa al Sudari, epitomizes courage in competition. The 36-year-old athlete only took up professional ski racing in 2020 and admits that she has a long way to go. But Sharifa has already become a trailblazer among Arab women for her never-give-up mindset, which she has consciously been training since becoming an athlete. From growing up tackling the slopes of Switzerland as a child to enduring crashes as a forerunner, Sharifa has kept picking herself back up to push on in the sport and competed in her first official competition at Ski Dubai last November, which we will get into in the show. We also discussed the huge potential in winter sports that is building in the kingdom. Now that Saudi Arabia has won the bid to host the 2029 Asian Winter Games and the reception that women from the region have been receiving world over for making a mark in a range of sports. Sharifa's perspectives and lessons through skiing resonated with us, and we hope that they resonate with you too. Enjoy! So, <clears throat> hi Sharifa. It's amazing to have you come join us. You're in Jeddah right now. You're speaking to us, uh, you know, through the magic of online recording. You are the first female member of the Saudi Arabian Alpine skiing team. So we're super excited to hear all about it and how you got into skiing and what the future holds. Yeah. And you recently forayed into professional skiing. Uh, you know, you, you've been doing it uh, as a hobby and a passion. And, and then you, you, you became professional last year. In fact, you participated in your first official competition. Uh, was this in Ski Dubai? Have I got that, that right? Yeah. So last funny year. enough, my start in uh, professional racing was in Ski Dubai. That's right. It was a, 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 a fist race. So uh, yeah. yeah. And so you secured, I mean, this was your first race, but you secured second, fourth and fifth place in different categories? Well, to to be fair, it was a very small competition. So uh, I did, I, I came in fourth and fifth on the different days of the races. And then I was awarded second place for uh, the category that they kind of came up with for the, this past year that was uh, for skiers from snowless countries. So on that, I, let's say I, I came out second, but it was a, a very small race. So 
But you'll have to tell us a little bit. I mean, it was still an international race because I, uh, from what I've read about the race, there were skiers from different parts of the world that had come down to Dubai to participate. So it was an international event. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, and what an incredible first uh, event for me to experience. So there were skiers from all over the world, uh, different categories, women's, men's, uh, Paralympics, which was just incredibly inspiring. And uh, it was two races hosted by uh, the Emirates, as well as another country, Timor-Leste. So two days of Emirates fist races and two days of Timor-Leste. And so I couldn't have asked for an, you know, an amazing first experience like, like I had then. And just meeting competitors from everywhere and, and actually being able to do this in a country that is so close to home, you know, was, um, I, I felt very lucky that I was able to do that. It was just very easy for me to go there and be with, you know, my Emirati other family, let's say. I'm a big fan of ski Dubai. Yeah. <laughs> As a Canadian, I feel like, <laughs> like I love going to that. It feels very like Alpine. And for those who are listening, maybe internationally, ski Dubai is the ski hill that is in the mall of the Emirates here. And as a Canadian, yeah, it's good fun. It is a lot of fun to go skiing there. It's really impressive. Definitely. I mean, you know, and uh, for them to have a, a, a fist race there. So they obviously have the, the right gradient for a slalom race. Mm-hmm and uh the length and so you know you have these races there's fist races all over the world obviously but so there's indoor in indoor ones in ski halls or outdoor ones on you know with different uh levels so from world world cup races to entry levels so this was very cool and i'd definitely do it again yeah amazing and just for the benefit of our listeners FIS is the International Ski That's Federation, right. is so that correct? So it's the governing body of, uh, of skiing. Yeah, wonderful. So you only started racing a couple of years back in COVID, is that correct? That's right. So I started racing then or, or taking a liking to racing and wanting to learn more about it. Before that, I, I just like ski on family holidays. I started skiing from the age of 10 or so, which is kind of old for starting to ski. But so, and then uh, in the past six years or so, I have this competitive streak in me. So I was like, I want to get better. I want to get better. What's the next <laughs> thing to do? And I realized yeah. the next thing is racing. And I love the speed. I love the thrill of that. Uh, and um, I would like, let's say our last uh, family holidays, I would, you know, go, you know, for a few extra hours with, a, uh, with another, with my own coach and, and try and learn that. But then, yes, uh, during the past three years, I became affiliated with uh, certain clubs, uh, uh, ski clubs in Switzerland, where they do these fun races. So I was like, mm-hmm. great, I'll do that. And, um, and so I, I joined these family races or uh, inter-club races. And it was then that I decided, OK, I love this. I definitely want to do more. Yeah, it's something, um, I mean... In cycling as well, like for us, I mainly train alone and stuff. But when you enter into competition, it's just completely different, different mindset, different kind of I feeling. Can speak and to you for an I'm hour not competitive about that. either, but if- <laughs> mm-hmm. well, we'll get into and that. Racing are two different sports, but yes, yeah, sorry, <laughs> two different yeah. things. Yeah, no, and we'll we'll get into that in a little bit because we're excited to learn more. 
Do you remember back? So I'm Canadian, obviously, and people often make the mistake. They're like, oh, I love skiing, <laughs> or, you know, when they hear I'm from Canada. And I'm not from a place that has, there's a couple of ski hills, but it's certainly not like Whistler or anything like that. And I learned when I was 14, which I thought was very late, especially when you go to Europe and you see little kids like barely able to stand on skis. Do you remember when you were 10? Like, do you remember the first time, you know, you went skiing? Uh Yeah, I definitely do. I mean, uh, my youngest sister was three years old. And I just remember just seeing her so close to the ground that it was just it was very natural. It's very easy. Whereas you're a bit higher Mm -hmm. up, you realize your fall (laughs) is a bit more serious. So I do remember that. I remember I, I loved it. I remember just being out there, you know, in in nature with my sisters. Definitely. I love those ski trips. And that was in Switzerland where you first went skiing? So do you remember the first slope? ski slope that you tackled in Switzerland? Do you remember? Um, it's, uh, it's a series of, uh, of little ones that we have uh, where, we, where we go visit. So we just go around uh, different ones. But in, I wouldn't say in specific. I remember my first crash, that's for sure. Oh, wow. Uh, on, and when was that? At what age was it that? It was around then, probably like 11 okay. or 12 or so. <laughs> Or it was actually, yeah, it was, I was racing with my sister down a hill called the Tiger Run, uh, Mm -hmm. which is a very steep one there. It was, it was a black slope and, you know, my sister being smaller, obviously shoots a lot faster than I did. (laughs) Uh, So I'll never forget that crash. I got winded. I was like, and I was there alone. Everybody, she's obviously down at the bottom celebrating. Uh, But yeah, that's, that's a memory I, I have, I have forever. Yeah. Did you have to wait a few days before you went yeah. back and you did anything? Or did you, you just, just want like, to go back, up and have, are, go back for some laughs? Kids are indestructible. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so you, you said that you did a lot of your skiing during family holidays, but then you did go to boarding school in Switzerland and also went to university in the UK. Did these decisions to like move to Switzerland and to the UK, were they you know, kind of based on the fact that you had fallen in love with skiing or was it just because, you know, you wanted to pursue a particular path in your career? I can't say that skiing played the role in where I chose to go. I would say when I did go to boarding school at the time I was there, at the school I went to, skiing was part of the curriculum. So you were essentially graded on it. So, you know, during the winter term, we'd go to a different part of Switzerland where you were graded, but you know, you're still out there with your, your group of friends, you know, stopping for the hot chocolates. So I was like, yeah, of course I'll do this. <laughs> um, but so, you know, that definitely like got me more into it. And yeah. Hmm. What was your grade out of curiosity? Do you remember? <laughs> sure, I did really well. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah. Yeah. And you've tried other sports as well. Um, you know, what are some of the other sports that that you tried? And then what brought you back to skiing to master? Um, I, I mean, sports was a big part of my life growing up. Since a young age, uh, my father always instilled that in us, you know, trying different sports, being active, uh, hiking with him. I was, you know, on on school teams, the basketball team. I tried out for, you know, the volleyball team, the tennis team. I played tennis for a very long time. I surf in the summers and uh, not very well, by the way. 
I still insist on trying it every single summer. And I actually find a lot of uh, similarities between surfing and skiing. But so, yeah. As someone who always has had aspirations to surf, I am, <laughs> I've taken up wake surfing though. And now that I'm getting okay on that, I feel like I want to go back and try regular surfing. I love everything about it. I love the surf culture. I love yeah. just being out in the water. Uh, it's, it's a kind of meditation. And in a way, like I mentioned, you know, the force of the wave is what gets you going. And similarly, the force of the mountain is what makes you go down with speed, with all of that. So, yeah. Yeah. For me, both skiing and swimming are like being a fish out of water. (laughs) So I, but I'm, I'm definitely kind of motivated to try both now. So, yeah. Yeah. And I hear you guys have it now in, in Dubai. So Yeah. (laughs) You've also spoken a lot about like you, you just now mentioned your father being, you know, someone who's nurtured your love for adventure and sports. It's, it's something very heartwarming that a lot of our athletes have said on the podcast that their, you know, fathers have been like a role model and a figure in pushing them into sports. What do you remember about that first time when you probably went skiing with your father? Oh, I mean, my father's a military man, so no? the discipline comes, <laughs> certainly comes from him. I mean, I, I just remember, you know, being respectful to timing, being up, you know, super early, just probably that I would say, you know, from those mm. first times, but that's, you know, that's correlates to different areas of my life. But in that sense, yeah. you know, getting up early, getting things done, getting out, being respectful to whoever, you know, coach you're meeting. But that, yeah, I get from my father and that he's instilled in us. I think that's a very important virtue to have, especially when you're a professional, you know, you know, waking up on time, being disciplined about your training is so important to even push yourself in, in your profession, right? So, yeah, absolutely. So I want to go back to a bit of competition as well. <laughs> so we spoke about it a bit earlier. So as you got better in the sport, you know, you were kind of seeing, you mentioned a couple of years ago, you said, oh, you know, there's competitions happening and you want to challenge yourself. What were some of the different skills and techniques that you found you needed? You know, you mentioned skiing and, you know, racing are so different. What were some of the skills and techniques that you found that you needed and how, how have you developed those? Um, so, you know, when I first came into this, I, I envisioned a certain way that I would get into the sport and get straight into racing. I quickly learned that that's not the case with a sport like this, which takes, you know, decades to properly, to get to a certain, to get to the level of competitive uh, skiing, you know, you'd have to start at the age of nine. Uh, And I mean, racing, not just skiing, because like I mentioned briefly, racing and skiing are completely different sports. And so, you know, with kids, I've, I've seen that I train with or, you know, on the mountains where I I go, they're out there from, you know, the age of nine being in that competitive mode, you know, uh, every weekend or every other weekend. So, you know, there's a certain trajectory to get to where you need to get to. So I knew I I was behind on that and and that was fine because I wasn't going to compare what Saudi Arabia is going through at the moment with Switzerland Mm -hmm. or Austria, where this has been uh, there, this is the national sport. They have it in school. Yeah. And, <laughs> it's you know, part of the school you, curriculum. You walk, yeah. then you ski. Yeah. 
uh, or, you know, after school, you just pick up your skis and go to the slope right in front of your house. So we didn't have that. And I knew getting into it, I wasn't going to be, it wasn't going to come to me as easy. So I, uh, I quick, I, I learned while being, while training, uh, this winter season, you know, we had plans to get into all these races and competitions, but I wasn't ready and I, w- I won't be ready mm-hmm. for another year, a couple of years just to be out there. I'm not say- even saying to compete at, uh, you know, a high level or, or win or anything, cause that's yeah. not even the point of this. So what are the skills to be able to compete? It, I would say, you know, the mind, the mindset is very important. So, um, being mentally strong, because that's, I, I, you know, I did some kind of pseudo races or where I would be like a forerunner in a race. I tried that out this season. Mm. So a forerunner is the, you know, the one that goes, you know, first or second, that kind of tests the slope mm. and sets a time for the competitors. I was there, I was the only foreigner there. And, you know, I'd be racing like the day before I'd be racing, uh, sorry, I'd be training in a certain way. I stand there at the start gate. My knees are buckled. My heart's pounding. There's officials lining both sides of the slope. You're like, how am I even going to get down? And I've crashed. I've crashed as a forerunner uh, where I injured myself, actually. I've crashed another time in a different race on the first or second gate where you say it's very embarrassing, but that it it's you know going through those moments a few times that you get the experience so yeah it takes a lot skiing takes a lot it takes a lot of uh dry land training which is the the gym training that you do throughout the year or especially now now is when i need to start my dry land training to get your muscles ready to get to uh prevent injury as well so it's a lot of that and it's just practice and repetition so it's you know didn't Kobe Bryant say something like, I don't know, 10,000 times of doing the same thing? I think yeah. Yeah, I, got, I have to do double, you know? <laughs> well, I can just imagine, you know, being under that level of pressure, your knees buckling, you know, you're, everyone's looking at you. And it does, it takes such a, you know, tremendous amount of resiliency. So that's amazing to hear about that. Talk us, we'll get into some of your training in a little bit, because we're really interested to learn more about that, like what it takes, you know, in the off season uh, to train to to race and skiing. But talk us through some of the different disciplines that you've tried and the ones that you're competing in. Because again, forgive me, I'm the worst Canadian there is. I don't know myself personally. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners will know skiing very well, but some won't. So could you talk us through those? Um, so the different disciplines in skiing are from the fa- starting from the fastest, downhill skiing, super G, giant slalom, and then slalom. And the ones I decided to focus on are the giant slalom and slalom. Uh, and I've you know, I've loved and hated both at different times. Uh, you know, when I get better at one, I'm like, this is it, this is it. But then yeah, the next the next week in training, we're focusing on the other discipline. I'm like, okay, maybe this is it. So I go back and forth between the two and I really enjoy doing both slalom and GS. Wow. So in terms of these disciplines, I mean, again, like Dawn, I'm not Canadian, I'm Indian, and I grew up in the UAE. (laughs) So I have absolutely, well, I have a little idea about what skiing is, but very little. Do these disciplines then need different gear? What are you looking at? 
how how does that work in terms of picking your gear and the equipment that you need? Because I imagine, and I'm looking at it from a cyclist point of view, for a cyclist who does competitions like a triathlon, they need a different bike. They use a different bike because they get they go faster on a particular bike. If you're doing an ultra cycling race, you usually opt for a different bike or different gear. So can you talk us through what that would be, what the equivalent of it would be in skiing? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, the equipment in general, the the nuances, the equipment of uh, ski racing are very different to what you would, you know, your tourist skis or your tourist boots. So that you know, everything is different. Uh, and then, of course, once you get into the different disciplines, you know, with uh, with slalom, you need your shin guards because you're you're hitting your gates with your and your poles are different. So essentially, you're hitting your poles with your 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 the gates with your poles as well as your shins, knees, and then with uh, with GS uh, skiing, um, you're trying to get very close to the line and essentially hit your gates with your your forearm or upper arm. So definitely, like your your everything changes when you're switching back and forth. Your poles are different. Your guards are different. Yeah. What's I'll the most challenging you race you've taken on? That I've a, a funny race that I've I've joined. Yeah. <laughs> so I I have my license for in uh, in fist for you know the normal circuit, but also for the masters circuit. The masters is thirty mm-hmm. years and above, and I joined a race uh, in the Swiss Masters Championship. I was ready for it and everything. I didn't know what what to expect to be honest. I show up. It was probably the coldest day of the season this winter. And uh, I'd never been to anything like this, so I, I have no idea what's what's in store. There were competitors from my age up to the age of seventy-eight. So each age group obviously competes in their age group, and uh, I was, you know, I was there. I was there. I'm like, and I, I would have complained about the cold, maybe. I would have, you know, thought had second thoughts. I was like, there's these like incredible like men and women, you know, traveling from God knows where just to be there and still compete. They're in that race suit, just like me. And so, you know, when you see that little old lady in in her race suit, 78 years old, I was like, respect. I am never complaining again. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you could be forgiven for complaining about the cold (laughs) if we live here. (laughs) Of course, but there, you know, every or excuses yeah. that you make. I'm too old for this. Yeah. Yes, yeah. In, in general, you know, this is probably not the age to get into uh, skiing. But then look at these guys. You know, they're out yeah. there still killing it. So I love that. I think you know, I always say like, move it or lose it. So you just got to keep moving, <laughs> and then 100%. you know, hopefully, again, I've for myself have aspirations to be cycling very, you know long into the future yeah, so yeah. there's a place for everybody like wherever yeah. it may be you know you don't make it to the normal circuit there's the masters one you'll still have yeah. a good time you'll still be mm-hmm. out there competing representing yeah and it's it's interesting you you know kind of we'd like to segue into mindset from that because you you've initially spoke about mindset and then you spoke about this funny race of yours which again kind of you know altered your mindset a little bit about how you approached a situation and how you changed the way you looked at a situation maybe a challenging one so i mean any sport and especially skiing as well is not just physical 
it's mental and probably 90% mental than physical, especially when you're racing, right? So have you ever been in a situation when it was purely mind over body in a competition? And how did you tackle that? And what was the mindset usually? And what is the mindset usually going into competitions? Well, I'll give you a bit of a, a backdrop on this. So when I decided to join the Saudi Snow Sports Federation and represent in my country, I did a lot of research. And I, I focused on the you know, people in sports, you know, the Serena Williams and the Federers of the world, LeBron James, Tom Brady. I looked at ex- what they were doing, you know, uh, everything from mind, body, mentally. What are, how are they tackling this at that at that age, at that level, I mean, Tom Brady is 45 and still, I don't know anything about American football, but I just wanted to look at him as a person, how he approaches this. So, you know, I wanted to emulate everything they were doing. And the big part of it is the mental game. So I wish I was meditating every single day, but I'm not, you know, I'm still, I'm still learning as I go. I'm still in the very beginning of this whole thing, but I signed up for a mental conditioning course for athletes called uh, Killer Instinct. And uh, it was an incredible program. It took me a couple of months to get through online coaching with this amazing guy, Ni Shobo. And he saw me a lot. Uh, so he teaches you the tools and skills to how to tackle these situations. Because you're going to face, you know, tough times or times that you, you're not, you're not, you, you don't, you'd rather not be there. But, you know, it's how to get through those. And so going back to your question about uh, what was a difficult um, race that I, uh, I joined, it was those two that I mentioned to you. Um, I, you know, one where I uh, had a really tough injury on my, on my ankle, so I, I crashed, but it was the nerves. So even though I, I'm, I'm learning or I, from my course, I'm still not there. And it takes a lot of practice, you know, being in those situations. So whatever you training, you need to actually be in the situation to actually perform it. Uh-huh. So, or, or another race where I was a forerunner for an under 16s race, all these kids from all over Switzerland are there. And there's me, you know, the big kid. <laughs> um, and that was the race where I crashed on my second gate in front of all these kids. So, and as a forerunner, by the way, you're allowed to get up and continue. If you crash out when you're actually competing, that's it, you're out. Mm-hmm. So I could have just sat there and thought about, I lost a ski too. So, you know, imagine you're having to collect the ski or whatever. So I could have just sat there and sulked or whatever. I just picked up and I said, just finish it, you know, just finish it. Whatever it takes, just do it. And so, yeah, I, uh, those were two tough ones that I won't forget. I, I won't forget, you know, that second gate situation ever again. I um, think um, I think I'm going to look up that Killer Instinct yeah. uh, program yeah. after yeah. we highly recommend it. For any I think it's given like this situation or this particular situation that you were in has given you not just a funny story, uh, but also one that you took a lot of learnings from. So I think that's a win. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. And it's, uh, it's a lot of visualization. It's a lot of mental prep, just like you're, you know, prepping your muscles, the mind is the same thing. So yeah, it was, it was really interesting. I, and I, 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 you know, I, I have to, I continue every single day to learn and to do better at that. Yeah. Um, you mentioned just now the Saudi Snow Federation and when you joined, that happened earlier this year, correct? 
So I officially joined as a racer in November of 2022. I had met them briefly a few months before or just before the summer. And I, you know, I just, I was very excited for them. I was very excited for what they were doing. And I wanted, you know, I wanted to just help, help out in whatever aspect that came in. So I didn't have any, the intention of doing this at all. Mm-hmm. But then something clicked Something changed in me that got me to say yes to, you know, racing for Saudi. This episode is supported by Deep Dive Dubai. We know that our listeners love awesome adventures. And take it from us, it doesn't get more awe-inspiring than the world's deepest pool. Measuring a record-breaking 60 meters, Deep Dive Dubai gives both scuba and freedivers the ability to discover an underwater world complete with the latest in dive technology and an abandoned sunken city. For those new to diving, like me, it's the ideal place to get started. And for those experienced to expert divers out there, it's the perfect place to hone your skills with exceptional facilities, expert staff, and state-of-the-art technology. Since it opened in 2021, it has mesmerized visitors and continues to deliver extraordinary experiences seven days a week. For more information and to book your experience, visit deepdivedubai.com. What was the response, I guess, from your, you know, your friends and your loved ones? I can't tell you how touching it's been. I mean, and the thing is, I was, um, when I was first approached by the Federation to see it, I was my biggest competition I, mm-hmm. and mentally. I was like, what are people going to say about me? What are my, you know, what's my, uh, what are my foreign friends going to say about me? You know, the people that actually know about skiing and ski racing, what are people going to think of me here? And all of that just, it was just the big thing in my head that wasn't the case. I've received the most amazing, amazing support from my family, my, my Jeddah community, my, you know, my country, uh, my friends in Switzerland. Everybody's just so proud and so just been there by my side, just willing to help in any way possible. So I can't tell you how grateful I am for that. And you have two children as well. Uh, what did they think about your achievement? How old are they and what do they think about your achievement? I have a, a four-year-old boy okay. and a two-year-old girl and they have no clue and they couldn't care less about what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping that changes. If it does. I mean, okay. they, once they turn 10, 11 and they're on TikTok and they're on Instagram, yeah, they'll yeah. see your face everywhere and I'm pretty sure they'll be Well, we'll happy. see if it does. Yeah, I'd be... I'd be very happy if I can inspire them in some way or another. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just going back um, a little bit, when I first saw photos of you online, my first reaction was like, this is amazing. (laughs) So amazing. So cool. And like I said, as a Canadian who is a terrible skier, I just think Mm -hmm. it is phenomenal. But I guess Internationally, when one thinks of Saudi Arabia, skiing doesn't naturally come to mind (laughs) at all. But the kingdom is now gearing up to host the 2029 Asian Winter Games. It's going to be held in Trojana in Niam. And I was just looking at the website a little earlier. There's going to be a ski village at 2400 meters. It just looks wild. And I don't think Many people realize, you know, Saudi is a big country and there are cooler (laughs) areas in Saudi. But what does it mean? For you, you know, as the first woman on Saudi Arabia's alpine skiing team to see these games happen in Saudi Arabia in 2029. I mean, in the past few years, everything that we've seen the country do has been incredible. Everything in all different fields, 
And in this particular case, you know, to bring a sport that I love so much to my country, what else would I want? You know, like I said, everything that uh, our crown prince has set his eyes on, he's managed to do with just so incredibly well. And uh, I don't doubt that this will be the case with uh, Trojina and all all these amazing developments all over Saudi. Yeah, it's, we're really looking forward to seeing how that develops. And yeah, me too. I hope I'm. I'm I, I, by I'm that time, I will be. In, I then. will go into skiing as well. <laughs> Yeah. Um, we've had this discussion before when we caught up just before, uh, you know, we did the podcast and, um, some people, you know, will say to compete in an elite level, it's only really possible for someone to, you know, grow up having skiing maybe as part of the curriculum in school, or for example, between Saudi and Europe, what would you say to those people? Like, what do you think the future holds for skiers in Saudi Arabia? I mean, just like I, you know, got into the sport at the age of 35, I'd say to anybody, you know, whatever it is you you want to do, just get out there and do it. You're committed, get up every day and you're training hard uh, to do that. You'll excel in it regardless. It's, you know, like it, there's there's place for every level in any sport. The amazing thing that the Federation is focusing on is they're working on the development stage of the sport. And that's, you know, that's the younger generations. That's starting at, you know, the age of 10 or the teens of, uh, of our country. So that's exciting, you know, for, you know, if parents want to get their kids into this at that young age, that's the right age to get into it mm-hmm. at my age. Uh, which is fine. <laughs> but no, it's, uh, you know, because it's, it's starting the whole racing mindset from that young age and competing. So it's very important, you know, to compete with other, you know, clubs, other local clubs, other, you know, and, and slowly get bigger. There's, there's a timeline. And I think that, yes, it needs to be done in that way for it to, to excel. Yeah. I think, um, you know, just thinking about it as well, like how many elite athletes at a very young age go, travel to other locations as well for training, you know, like tennis, I think in Florida and Spain, you know, the islands for That's cycling. Right. So really, yeah, excited to see what the Federation um, is doing to develop young talent. I guess also, and we chatted about this before, but many people might be surprised to learn that Saudi's first winter Olympian is a skier. Uh, I'm, I hope I'm going to pronounce his name correctly. Fayek Abdi. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And he competed in the giant slalom competition in the 2022, was it 22 or 2022 Beijing Winter Olympics? Yes. In China. Yeah. Do you have any Olympic aspirations? And what do you think? I get asked that because naturally that's what everybody thinks um, that I have my eyes set on. I mean, I just, I honestly want to, I want to keep getting better. I want to perform at a high level, wherever it might be, whether it's entry level races, you know, hopefully next season, I want to do it right. And I'm not fixed on just one big race or Mm -hmm. one big level. But if it happens, if I'm healthy, if I'm fit, and, you know, all my bones are there. And <laughs> if I'm there and I'm, I'm able to, I, I, of course, I'd love to try and qualify for the next Olympics in, in Cortina. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Wow. And for sure, the skiing world is ready for Saudi Arabian skiers, right? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, we'll work hard on, you know, putting Saudis out there Your, and representing yeah. in the best way. Yeah, you're you start with representation and that's what you are doing. So that's yeah. amazing. So you mentioned earlier, you know, 
looking at the mindset of different elite athletes and maybe it's not a skier, but maybe a different athlete, but who are your, I guess, if you do have a skiing idol, you know, someone that you look up to or, you know, think is just a phenomenal athlete and strong mindset, who would that be? Or is it another athlete of another discipline? I mean, in the ski world and in my generation now, or, you know, when I really got into, uh, racing it's it's it has to be Michaela Schifrin who's 100% in my in my opinion the best technical skier out there of our of our time or ever what she's accomplished and uh, her world cup wins i think she's on like 87 89 world cup wins well i'll probably never see that again uh before that again another female uh, Lindsay Vaughn and what's you know, an inspiration to, uh, to all of us. Um, and then of course, I mean, for me, it's, you know, uh, I was in, I was in tennis before this, so it has to be Serena Williams mm-hmm. and, uh, Roger Federer, yeah. but Tom Brady, I'll keep going back to Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> that guy is just like, man, the discipline he's got, like, it's just, I've, I don't know. I've never seen it anywhere else. Maybe, uh, yeah, yeah. I think maybe there's a new uh, American football fan. You maybe start watching. <laughs> I think so. Might have to start watching. Yeah. Um, your favorite place to ski is it Switzerland, or do you have uh, somewhere else that you love, or maybe a hidden gem? Um, I definitely ski. Uh, I definitely say uh, yes, Switzerland, where I uh, grew up going, uh, Stad. It's another home for me. I really enjoyed uh, uh, my experiences of um, training in the glaciers. So I've uh, been to Sasfe, I've been to Hintertooks, and that was a really fun, different experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think more so because of they're very known. They're known obviously for uh, training camps, and you know, racers from all over the world, all ages, go and 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 train there for during the summer, during the winter season, and it's just you know, showing up at like uh, 6.30 in the morning and seeing all those kids, you know, just barely like, you know, a bit older than my son, just, you know, showing up that, you know, carrying their gear. And I get inspired by these things, you know, just, you know, stuff like that. So yeah, I'd say I enjoyed that very much. So now that you're part of the Saudi skiing team, how has training changed for you in terms of like what you're looking forward to in competing in and how training goes for that? So can you tell us what your training looks like at the moment? So I've taken the season as a bit of a trial run just to learn like what it takes, because like I said, you know, I thought something completely different than when I actually was in it day in, day out, January to March. So it takes a lot. So it takes you, like I said, from now to prepare for the upcoming season, winter season. Uh, now I know that. I know how much I need to get my my body fit and ready for then. It's not like a month or two months before. It ta- it's it's right now, this month. Uh, what's my what's a training day like for me? What's yeah, I mean, what's the program like in the lead up to the competitions that you're hoping to uh, participate in? Well, like I said, this past season was was just focused on training. So you know, I would train with my coach every day, Monday to Friday, and early on in the season, we start our day a little bit later. 
when I say later, you know, we'd be up there at nine. And then as the season progresses and the snow gets softer and the temperatures get warmer, we were up there a lot earlier, you know, 6.30, 7.30 starts. And, uh, you know, there's obviously a bit of a warm up. I have, I have a bit of a routine that I, I need to go through with everything, with my eating, with the night before, with preparing my gear. And uh, so then a bit of a warm up and, uh, you know, a couple of hours of training. And yeah, that was this season for me. And mm-hmm. so moving forward, once I'm ready, like I said, I'm definitely not as ready as I, I want to be for competing. But normally you focus on training, dryland training, as well as ski training throughout the summer. And once you get into winter, into the winter season, it's more focused on races and then obviously a bit of training in between. But for me, I have a lot of catching up to do, obviously. So yeah, this is where we're at. What's your training look like now? So you're saying, you know, you're starting now for looking ahead to next season. What, what do you do? Like what kind of activities? Is it weightlifting? Is it cardio? Well, like what's... Uh, right now, right now I'm rehabilitating my ankle, which I injured in that race. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this past month has just been on that, focused on that. And then hopefully uh, the following month, I have a program from my coach that I'll follow and it's uh, a lot of strength training, a lot of core proprioception exercises. So balance and proprioception exercises, because it takes a lot of focus to tackle uh, training and gates. So yeah, there's a lot that plays into it, but I'm excited to tra- to starting properly this, this time, I hope. <laughs> yeah. So 2023, you know, the forerunning, the crash, you're rehabilitating. What's coming up next season for you? So depending on how much I I manage to do, you know, from now to, let's say, November, I am hoping to uh, participate in, in more races. So I definitely would love to compete in more fist races and take it one step at a time, but definitely compete more and get that exposure to, you know, being in races. Mm-hmm. What's the reaction, I guess, in Switzerland when you are competing, you know, and people hear that you're from Saudi Arabia? <laughs> First of all, like, are you sure? Are you sure you're Saudi? Uh, where have you seen snow? Where? <laughs> so you get that. But no, I mean, every, it's, it's, kind of, it's been positive, I, I have to say. At first, obviously, everybody's shocked that you are Saudi Arabian from the desert and in a sport and doing somewhat well. But yeah. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. Yeah. You've spent most of your time skiing or, you know, training uh, for your races and, you know, for this professional journey that you've taken on. But you're also on the board of the Saudi Tennis Federation. Right. What is the vision there for you and for the federation and for the sport in the kingdom then? Uh, so tennis obviously was my first passion. So, you know, when I got on board and with that and being a part of the, uh, the board headed by the amazing Arij Mutabagani, you know, was, I just felt very, very lucky to, to be part of doing this for a sport that I love so much and seeing them promote the sport in the kingdom in the way they did was just very cool for me. So the vision for that is obviously keep promoting the sport. We've done so well in the past couple of years uh, in getting it to a wider audience and getting a lot of kids to play. So, you know, our numbers are great. And then um, 
hopefully to have the platform to host international uh, tournaments and and so that's hope that's what we're focusing on um or that's our plan that's amazing um sharifa it was amazing to have you on the show but before we let you part i think in various ways you have answered this question for us but i want to ask it nevertheless grit is something that you've shown in a career that you took on very late in life and you are now moving full speed ahead with it is that something you think that is innate in you or you have learned along the way in you know after you've taken it on professionally I've always had it in me in a certain extent. Uh I think it was instilled in me probably by my father, you know. Just seeing him lead the, his life the way he he does, it's uh you know, and uh and I obviously I learned how important it is in sports, you know, discipline it, you know just needs to be there to be able to get up and repeat and do the same thing you need that discipline cuz you know you're not sometimes you're not inspired to be there but if it's just it's a it has to be a part of if it's a routine yeah you t- if you want to excel in in a sport i think that needs to be one of the basics yeah i think um yeah you're so impressive mm-hmm. i'm so impressed mm-hmm. and like inspired as well and i know you're going to inspire just a whole new generation of young saudi arabian yeah. women and girls mm-hmm. and boys and men to maybe try something you know new and take up skiing and no matter their age yeah and we're super excited to see how that develops in the kingdom is there any thing you would want to share any last words to share about you or about you know skiing or what your vision is um, uh, no but just on your last point there you know so for me you know if i think of the reason i decided to actually join and do this it is to inspire young kids uh you know when i was uh hearing about the federation and hearing about their plans and you know when i was looking for other athletes to join i realized you know maybe if i actually do this in whatever capacity i can hopefully i'll inspire one or two kids to get out and do the same thing and since then you know i get a call from you know a local jeddah mom that wants to know how she can get her daughter into this and that means the world to me or i get a an instagram message from a girl that's you know about to start uni and you know wants to do what i'm doing and for me that's the focus it's them because i'm i'm just here to you know do the best i can with the time that i have but it's about you know the the young kids that that have a chance you know if they start it at uh, at the at the right time so yeah yeah well yeah thank you so much like i i'm inspired to try to get better at skiing <laughs> We should, I'm a solid... we should go out skiing together. <laughs> yeah, I would love that. Oh, well, we could go to ski Dubai if you find yourself. I absolutely would love that. I will definitely take you up I on would, that. I would be honored to get tips from you. Um, I'm a solid, I'm a solid green run girl, and some on a good day a blue run. <laughs> Listen, we'll do it all in pizza, and and we'll have a good time, and we'll stop for hot chocolate. <laughs> so... Excellent. Really I'll come for the hot chocolate bit. <laughs> <Good. laughs> well, you can get out there too, Afshan. You can you can start um, ski. Yeah. Dubai is a good place to start. One sport at a time. One sport at a time. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you again. It was so great to have you. Thank Thank you you so much, Tarifa. Thank you so much. It was lovely chatting with you. 
Thank you so much for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, we ask that you please share it with family, teammates, friends, and even frenemies, or share via social media. Please also leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Five stars only. And visit us on themetalset.com for more stories and resources. Thanks again for listening. Your support means the world to us. This is The Metal Set.